Welcome to Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. If you've ever been burnt out because of your job, your relationship, or just your life, this is the place for you. We will talk all things burnout by sharing deep stories of personal transformation each week with a new guest who vows to share their stories without leaving out the scary bits. This is raw, honest, and brought to you by acupuncturist and burnout coach Kate Denovan, whose own experiences make her determined to change the current burnout culture. Hey friends, this episode is being released on February 9th, 2020, which means it is about a week before I start my crowdfunding campaign for my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, Gain Resilience, End Burnout, and Change the World. If you've been listening to the podcast regularly, you know that my big goal is to hashtag end burnout culture. And this book, I really feel like if it reaches enough people will help me do that, help us do that. I would really love to create a movement around this. I want to see the hashtag end burnout culture on all of your business pages, on all of your Instagram feeds, because I really feel like the more we talk about this and the more we put this out into the open, the better we will be. The book is designed to guide you through the seven major reasons that I think people burn out and then follow it up with a bunch of exercises that you can do, each one assigned to a different one of the reasons for burnout. I really truly believe that if we take the time to pay attention to ourselves and unwind some of these behaviors and some of these reasons why we're burning out, that we can not only change the way that we're doing business, we can change the way everyone is doing business, and we can create this movement that goes into the future that allows the generations that are coming after us to avoid being a part of this burnout culture. We need this shift to happen now. Like We are not getting healthier these days. We are getting sicker because of too much stress. The World Health Organization said that by 20. 30, about 70% of all illnesses are going to be caused by stress. 70%. I mean, we really need to get on this. So if you are interested in finding out about the campaign, I want you to head over to my website and join my newsletter because those are the people that are going to find out about it first and they are going to have first dibs on all of my rewards, which are a combination of things that I've created and things that another really great female entrepreneur that I know created. Her name is Lindsay Grant. She is of La Lune Healing. And we have some essential oil prizes and some really, really cool stuff that you're going to be excited about. So I want you to be able to get in there first. I want you to be able to get the reward that you want, and I just want you to keep your eyes peeled. So if you're interested, head over there now. And if you don't know how to join a newsletter, please just send me an email at kate at katedonovan.com, and I will add you there myself. I am so excited for this, and I'm already so grateful for your help. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. Today, I am here with Annie McDonald. She's a licensed acupuncturist with additional training in vibrational acupuncture with tuning forks, sound healing with singing bowls, breath work, gua sha facial rejuvenation, Western herbalism, and other holistic techniques. With a background as a children's book editor dealing with deadline pressure and creative challenges, Annie feels passionate about guiding people in how to relieve stress, optimize their physical and emotional health, and reclaim joy. I do love the words reclaim joy. Annie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Caitlin. I'm excited to be here. 
So we've been starting every show by asking our guests to share their burnout story. And I would like to create space for you to do the same. And please um, take, fill up the space. So take as much as you need, and we're going to sit back and listen. Okay. Thank you. Um, and I do love to tell stories being in children's book publishing. Uh, these are all true, I promise. Um, in terms of burnout, I would say it's there's maybe like three acts to the story. When I was really in the thick of burnout, I would say um, it was several years ago now, I guess about about 2013. I had been uh, working at the same book publisher for um, almost 18 years at that point, and I did enjoy it. I was very grateful to, to do what I was doing, um, and it was a great group of people in the company, um, but I had a, a boss who was not the not the most supportive boss. Um, she was known to be kind of difficult, and uh, I didn't realize until after I had left the company how much energy was being drained from me by working for her. Just in terms of the you know when you get an email and your stomach gets a knot because you don't know what's going to be asked or you know what the mood of the day is and I thought I knew very well how to cope with her but then once I left I realized wow I was spending a lot of my energy (laughs) just sort of managing managing dealing with the difficult boss I had been there for like I said almost 18 years and um, I didn't want to climb the ladder I had already made it very clear that I didn't want to be in the managing level. Um, I liked doing what I was doing and I didn't really want to switch from working with books to, you know, going to more meetings and just supervising and doing managerial things. Even having said that, I was thrown more and more managerial responsibilities over the years. There's job creep I think everyone has that if you do something well enough, you get more and more responsibilities and your paycheck often doesn't keep up with that. I had a very stressful workload, a lot of deadlines, a lot of late projects that I was doing project management for. My part of the book publishing business involved working collaboratively with other editors, designers, people in marketing, people in manufacturing to do quality control on the book, do copy editing and proofreading, and to keep it on schedule to make the publication date. So there are a lot of moving pieces, and it's very interesting work, but you know, high pressure in terms of rushing things through and not wanting to make any mistakes that would end up in print, literally. So I found myself, one of the things I did like about my position in working with members from different departments. I, I really enjoyed sort of like talking people down when everyone else was stressed. I liked being um, someone to listen in and help people calm down and just feel okay about the situation and how to make it work and how to keep everyone happy. So in 
some sense, I feel like I got some counseling experience there, which has served me well through in other situations. But what I also didn't realize was that I was taking on a lot of other people's stress and just being the sounding board for people and being sort of like the problem solver. I was in a situation where I was just go, go, go. The deadlines were pretty relentless. And I had been thinking for um, several years already by that point that there might be something more out there, but I couldn't decide what. And really, when I look back on it, the hardest thing about deciding to change directions and go to acupuncture school was really just making the decision. Everything else after that became a lot easier. I spent probably close to a decade just going back and forth back and forth looking for what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and what I was well suited for, what I might find more satisfying. And I was sort of, I felt just very stuck and I didn't really have the, the energy to get out of the stuckness basically. Um, and as a fellow acupuncturist, I'm sure you'll appreciate that in acupuncture, we always talk about stagnation and how that's at the root of a lot of problems and how it really is just sort of a big block of energy. I felt very stuck and I became more aware of feeling stuck um, just in terms of feeling, just feeling tired all the time, feeling a lack of enthusiasm, just feeling like there there was something more out there, but I didn't know if I was ready for it. I spent a long time sort of working through that. And some of what I did was I was already very interested in natural medicine. I always had been interested in it, but for different reasons, for you know, lack of confidence and other things, I didn't really see myself in the medical profession. But along in, in that good decade of me thinking about what else I might do besides book publishing, I had to take care of a cat who was very dear to my heart, who I ended up giving hospice care to. And um, in the course of that, I learned how to give uh, her injections to keep her going longer. And at one point, my vet said to me, you know, you like your you're doing well. You're, most people will, are too scared to give, give injections to cats. So like, don't, you know, don't beat yourself up that you're not doing enough. And so it's one of those moments where I tapped into something that like, oh, you know, I've been so afraid to that, that I, I wouldn't be good in a hands-on situation dealing with the health industry. But here I am doing this because I need to do this. You know, I care about this cat so much. There are moments along the way where I got glimpses into, you know, there is more to me that's not being utilized and maybe I should explore that. Um, And in taking care of that cat also, it was so, besides being, you know, sad and draining, it was really fulfilling and it was really emotionally rewarding to take care of a dear one like that. So I just looked for clues like that of what either what brought me joy or also what brought me deeper connection to like who I was and why I was here. I started thinking more and more about the 
health industry, I don't like to call it an industry, but the healthcare professions. And I looked, I studied more in herbal medicine and um, I was looking like I was trying different herbs, um, not specifically for burnout, but to, you know, help relieve stress. And there are some great options out there for people who definitely, you know, if you, if you're stuck in a job and you, you're not in a position to, to leave, you just need to like keep going. There are definitely some great herbal remedies that will support you like uh, milky oats and tulsi and nettles. So I was, you know, learning more about natural medicine and, um, you know, experimenting on myself to, to boost myself. And um, I kept hearing more and more about Chinese medicine because it's, you know, a great unbroken tradition. So even Western herbalists really rely on the traditional Chinese model of understanding how plants work in the, in the body and sort of diagnosis and things like that. So different things along the way kept pointing me towards acupuncture. And since I had this experience working with my cat, I was like, okay, well, I'm not afraid of needles, obviously. <laughs> but it still, it still felt like such a huge, huge leap. It just kind of like went, you know, it's sort of like circling around and around the idea. I started working with some flower essences, which people don't know. They're kind of like homeopathy. Basically, flowers, a certain flower is distilled in water and then preserved with alcohol. And on a vibrational level, the energy of that particular flower remains and it's very subtle, but it works on an emotional level in the body. So I started working with flower essences on that helped with like decision making and self-confidence and self-love. And I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say it was like any one thing, but I think when you work with, and I tell this to my patients too, that, you know, the more little shifts that you can make to push things in the direction that you want to go in, it all helps. And they're all sort of synergistic. When you work with them with the intention, that's really important too. Like I was getting clear on my intention to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and to strengthen myself so that I could serve in a way that I found more fulfilling. And then the other thing I did that, one of the other things I did that helped and sort of ties into acupuncture too, was emotional freedom technique, which yeah. is EFT or called tapping. And that is an interesting combination of sort of some Western psychology with um, acupuncture points. And there are some great, I just would just go on YouTube and find videos on there. And again, it can be subtle, but then it can also give you really interesting information. Like I would do tapping videos on self-worth and the what I one of the things I like about it is that um, it doesn't make you do like fake positivity. Mm-hmm. You start saying statements that are that meet you where you are, and you try and shift that into something that's more compassionate towards yourself. So, like for a self-worth tapping meditation, it might start with "I don't, I don't believe in myself," or "I, I." 
don't feel worthy of a good job or something, you know, something like that. And then it sort of leads you through changing that while you're tapping on like energy centers to sort of activate the nervous system and bring it online. You say statements that sort of shift into, I don't believe in myself, but I'm willing to try believing in myself and then gradually like shifting things over. So I think that's an interesting framework for people who are struggling to turn something around. And it also like when I first started doing them, you know, saying something like, so it will lead you, it will lead you towards a positive statement. Also like towards by the end of the exercise, you might be saying something like, I'm worthy of being loved and respected. And it's interesting to see what happens when you start saying things like that. Because I know like when I first started doing that, saying some of those things would sometimes just make me cry. I mean, I cry easily, but it was like, it really was like touching a nerve. So it was an interesting thing to look at. So I would definitely recommend that for people who want to explore into what maybe what self-imposed blocks might be in their way to um, getting out of a draining situation. Because I know I was definitely, I came more and more into awareness of how I had been at this company for 18 years and I was afraid to, I knew it wasn't an optimal situation, but I would just say, oh, it's the devil I know. And I was scared to leave. I didn't think anyone would want to hire me at that point. And just all the things that you tell yourself and really, you know, like the, just being comfortable in a, and it's an uncomfortable situation, but you know it and it's familiar. So you're comfortable and it feels scary to change that. Burnout just makes it worse because you're so low on energy that it's easy. I think it's easier to believe that there's nothing better because you're just in this spiral of go, 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 stress hormones constantly releasing and you know, not getting enough sleep, not having the base and energy to not just daydream, but, you know, start to plan about something, about better options. So, so anyway, I was in that situation. And, and one thing I'd say too, is that the people around you are so important too. I definitely, you know, when you're in a dysfunctional environment, like, you know, in our, when we were talking earlier before we started recording and we're talking about New Yorkers identifying with burnout and it's, it's like you don't even see because like you're the fish in water and if everyone around you is burnt out and that's just the normal state of affairs, it's hard to see that there might be a different way. So you know, at, at my company, I was surrounded by people who were burned out also. Um, and, you know, people would leave the company and then we'd hear stories of like, oh, it's different, you know, <laughs> like they like their new job better. Yeah. Like sometimes you'd hear horror stories about people who left and went to another stressful work environment. But you would hear positive stories of like people got out and, you know, saw that things could be different. I think it's, if you're struggling, definitely 
you know, there's, there's real value to commiserating and complaining with people who are in a similar situation and will understand you and get that. But at a certain point, it becomes really unhelpful and just kind of more dysfunctional in the trenches together. So, um, you know, I was lucky enough to have a couple friends who were very supportive of like when I'd mention an idea about going to acupuncture school or just doing something different. I'm glad that I had people around me who didn't dismiss it out of hand and who did say, oh no, you know, you should like, or any other place would be happy to have you. Or So I think that's something to be aware of too. If you're really trying to dig yourself out of a ditch is to look for people around to help you, but you have to be aware that they're around. Um, You have to be open to hearing the helpful comments and the encouragement. So that was like that, what I was describing was just like years and years of, you know, me like going to work and having a busy day and coming home and trying to de-stress and learning about natural ways to de-stress and um, watching too much TV to just kind of numb out a little bit and then starting the process the next day. And finally, I was thinking, you know, I was finally like, you know, you just at a certain point, you get tired of just thinking things. You're like, okay, well, I've thought this for so long. When am I going to act? My parents, both of them had health crises in the same year, just like a few weeks apart. It just hit home on a different level how short life is. Finally, I kind of had a talking to with myself to like get real and make some choices because you know the clock is ticking and what will I regret not trying when I get if I'm lucky enough to get older and look back on my life (laughs) yeah you you pushed yourself into making a decision at that point yes yeah it was finally I almost like pulled back too because I um, after thinking and thinking, I acted really quickly, actually. I, like between the time I filled out my application and went through the, the process and enrolled, it was only a few weeks right. um, before I was like in class. So, and actually like right the first week of class, my dad had another health, health crisis where, you know, I had been traveling a, a lot to see them. And then right as I started school, I had this other health crisis where I was going to be in the hospital again. I was lucky enough to where he told me specifically, like, no, don't leave. Don't stop school on my behalf. You know, well, you need to do what you need to do. But even there, you know, that was like another event, uh, tipping point where it's like, I can just throw in the towel or I can, you know, see where this this leads. But one of the things that helped me in finally making the decision was um, I figured out a, a way to take some of the pressure out of the decision, where I think what really paralyzed me for a long time was always wanting to have things figured out. <laughs> and I think this is this is common to a lot of people. And when you, when you look at other people too, it seems like other people have stuff figured out. So it seems like you should want to have your own stuff figured out before you make big decisions. So I would always, you know, be thinking more than five steps ahead. And, that, and then 
I'd get paralyzed because it's like, well, how am I going to, you know, before you even get into acupuncture school thinking, well, like, well, but how am I going to get hired as an acupuncturist or how am I going to do this or how am I going to do that? Or how, you know, more immediately, like, how am I going to pay for grad school? (laughs) How am I going to find the time for grad school? And the answer seemed impossible. Um, And that was part of where I was spending a lot of mental, mental energy, which Again, like, get out of your head, people. It's not a good place sometimes. (laughs) But so, you know, again, I I hit the the tipping point where it's like, maybe it's okay not to have everything mapped out. Maybe it's okay to just dip your toe in and see what happens. Which I don't know, like, for some reason that felt scary when it's like, what's scary about just, like, trying something? Well, one of the other things that I... I did that I'd recommend for people um, and that I go back to not regularly, but occasionally is improv comedy classes. Mm -hmm. There's this whole idea of um, there are no wrong answers when you do improv. It's, and you don't say no to things you say yes. And Um, so if you know, like you're the person you're improvising with goes in a direction that maybe you don't want to go into, you don't tell them you're wrong or you don't negate what they're doing. You just say yes. And this over here, taking a couple improv classes also like helped me deal with the fear of the unknown and just get into like the fun of like not knowing what's going to happen next. So I gave myself official permission to just experiment. And what I decided to do was do one semester of acupuncture school, which I knew I could afford and I knew I'd manage time-wise. And I, I gave myself permission to just try it and like, you know, quote unquote fail. And if I, if it didn't work out, if I didn't like it, if I didn't have the energy for it, well, you know, a thousand different things, I could just do the one semester and say, okay, well, you tried that. And it didn't work out. So that's, that was that. Um, so I, I didn't tell anyone aside from my immediate family and a couple friends, because again, I wanted to like keep it low pressure and just an experiment. So what happened was, you know, I did the one semester and I loved it. And I did another semester and each semester I loved it more. And what I found, so I was still working full-time, using all my vacation time strategically, and doing evening and weekend classes. So um, for the three years of grad school, I would often have seven-day weeks and very long days. But what I found was instead of being more tired, I was energized in a whole new way. I just felt like I was firing on all cylinders because all of a sudden I was learning, learning things about myself, learning things like a whole different direction to go in. And it was really exciting and really satisfying. So again, like I didn't know what would happen. And logically, working full-time and going to school full-time didn't seem like a good idea or didn't seem logistically possible but um the reality of it was that it was the right choice and I knew pretty soon that it was the right choice and even on days when I was really tired it was sad 
you know, I felt like a good kind of tired, a satisfied kind of tired, and a hopeful kind of tired. School's not going to last forever. I can get through this and look at what I get to do. I get to work in the student clinic today and work with patients. And, and then what I found happening too, which, you know, I like to tell people, um, I, try, I try not to be too annoyingly positive and like Oprah-esque about it, but it really I really did find it to be true that like the universe has your back and the whole Joseph Campbell, you know, when he talks about the hero's journey in mythology, that like once you have the courage to follow your bliss, the universe opens doors for you that wouldn't open anyone else. Through all the years of grad school, you know, I found ways to make it work. And I found people who were there to help me. Um, I ended up getting a job offer out of the blue to leave my company of 18 years. I didn't even have to like go through the stress of putting my resume out there and looking for another job. Uh, someone I had done freelance work for for years just called me out of the blue and um, said he had a position open and he'd love to talk to me about it. And so it was still in publishing, but I was able to come to this new publishing job. He knew that I was in school. So I came in with like a more flexible time arrangement that would let me work late on some nights to leave early for class on other nights. And it was a much less stressful environment, a much healthier work atmosphere. So it just like, I never would have predicted the, you know, like, what are the odds of like, how often does a, you know, a great job offer fall into your lap like that? And I really think that it was part of this support showing up to like, help me get where I needed to go. And also getting myself to the point where that I was receptive to getting a job offer like that. Because actually, the person who called me, later told me that he had kind of like hinted at a job opening several years before and I hadn't picked up on it that he was right. interested in having me come work for him because I was I have in this mindset of just like low confidence and you know very stuck and not not seeing the many signs out there that are pointing you in a direction that might lead you to a better place. Yeah, I would definitely encourage people to be stay open. And uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard accepting help or asking for help, but it's so necessary. And I'm saying this because I remind myself periodically too. <laughs> but so that was like my my major 18 year long burnout story. And then <laughs> well, and you and it kind of. It kind of carries through all the important themes when it comes to burnout. You mm -hmm. started off in the very beginning saying that because of the boss that you had, who was, uh, you were in a non-supportive non environment and your stomach would get a knot when you got an email from said boss and you were using coping strategies to help yourself through which may have just helped you stay there longer because you thought you knew how to cope well and you didn't realize right. how strong it was until, until you were out of it. This is a really, really common story that I hear all the time that you learn to cope so well that you forget that you're coping and that it's worse than you think it is. And right. I think that's really important. 
Right. And you, yeah, you get like compensation patterns too. We're like, you know, as an acupuncturist, you see people who've had back pain for 20 years and are functioning, but are they functioning well? (laughs) So many people accept that they're just going to be in pain or they're just going to have you know, menstrual cramps every month, or they're just going to have headaches all the time. Or, or this job gonna, is just going to suck forever, and it just is what right. it is. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge, huge thing. And another big thing that is connected to that is one of my favorite motivational speakers, life coaches, is Mel Robbins. And she always says that the energy to, to change is equivalent to the energy that it takes to stay the same. And so what we don't realize when we're not making those forward thinking choices, when we're not taking action to go forward, is not that we're, we're not saving energy by staying where we are. Because we're having to use all those coping mechanisms to stay in place, we're using an immense amount of energy to stay where we are. And that same amount of energy right. could be used for shifting. And I think that that's a really important thing that you alluded to and didn't say directly. But this is hugely important because we think that this change is going to really just cost us everything. And in Mm -hmm. some ways it might, but energetically, staying where you are when you're burnt out is just as costly. Right. And there's so many, I mean, I mean, I named my, my practice Joy Alchemy Acupuncture because joy is so important to me. And it's so, you don't really hear it talked about because people are just, they think it's, so, you know, something is good enough or, you know, pays the bills or people just are settled and it's enough. But you get such an energy infusion when you're passionate about life. Yeah. And that's, and, the, yeah. I think that's like yeah. the other part of the calculus is not, you're not just being drained of energy, but you're missing out on the energy infusion that passion and purpose give you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another really important thing that you said is that, you know, once you made the decision to at least allow yourself to try, that's when the clarity started coming in. So there's an, another coach slash business guru that I love, Marie Forleo, always says clarity comes from action. So we can't Mm -hmm. sit and ruminate and and create the best possible plan. We can't. We have to start the journey and then allow it to unfold. It doesn't unfold until we start. Right. And you have to allow it to not be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever Whatever you think perfect, like I don't, like what even is perfect but no um, such thing yeah exactly I don't think anyone is really taught that you know life is an experiment and it you're not supposed to have everything unfold per you know like it's taken me a while to get here but now I feel um when I don't know what's going to happen next I feel more excited than anxious yeah. And part of that, and I have like the confidence now to know that like, okay, you know, you've never done a podcast before. You don't know what's going to happen, but what's the worst thing that could happen? Let's, you know, this will be interesting. Let's see what, let's see what comes of this. And yeah. if you don't like the sound of your voice, that's okay. If you say, um, too many times, that's okay. <laughs> You're like, I will, I will even edit those. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I 
think definitely like we all need to give each other more encouragement to not, not even call it failure, but just experiment. And if, you know, things don't ultimately, um, you know, it's okay to try different things. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I totally, I totally agree. And then you also said, you know, I felt stuck and I didn't have the energy to get past the stuck and I felt it right in the gut when you said that. And I thought this is exactly what I do in both my acupuncture practice and my coaching practice. I give people the energy back so that they can get past the stuck. I prune away all the crap so that people can uh-huh. get past the stuck. And I was just on a coaching call earlier today and we were talking about like taking very small steps, just like you said, I'll do a semester. I'll see what happens. You could have even taken one class, you know, it doesn't even have to be, but anything to start the path going forward. And we were talking about that today right. on the call and we agreed that he would be making some steps. And I thought, God, this is awesome. You know, like, you know, when that energy starts to move forward, you don't always Mm -hmm. have to know exactly where it's going. Right. You get, if you stay open to it, like everything is feedback. Right. So just go in the direction that feels good rather than the direction that makes your stomach tight and not again. Yeah. Um, Or or know sometimes that it's okay for your stomach to be in a knot. And then... If you try something and you're anxious, your stomach will unknot on its own gradually if you give right. it some time help. But um, yeah, no, and uh, you know, I'm glad that you do coaching too because that's something people like. You know, it took me like ten years to make the decision. Right. It might have taken me only five years if I had again, like it had a little more. Because again, I think you know, in this especially America, it's very individualistic. So, you know, we're all expected to do everything on our own when the reality is it takes a village, you know, you need, you know, part of what made going to acupuncture school easier was like my classmates and my professors and my family. Like it really, there's so many people who, gave me support at different key moments. And if I had just tried to like soldier through all on my own, it would have been, you know, you, you just like can't heal yourself all by yourself. It's, yeah. it's not fair to expect that of anyone. Yeah. I was actually the, on the same coaching call today that my client mentioned that they were having a hard time accepting the fact that they needed coaching and accountability to get through this stage in their lives. And I stopped and I said, I'm, I'm a football fan. I love football. And I grew up as a, in New England, so I'm a Patriots fan. I'm sorry to everybody else because I know that you all <laughs> hate us. However, I, I was talking to, to this client and I said, listen, what did Tom Brady do just before the Super Bowl last year? And he was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, the, the very last week of the season, Tom Brady called his old throwing coach and said, you know what? Something feels off. I need you to come look at me. He's got a whole staff of people that coach him on a regular basis. And he still reached out to yet another person for help. This man is the best of the best of the best. And he's Mm -hmm. still reaching out for that type of support, right? So if, if he needs it, 
how are we supposed to get through these things without it? It doesn't always have to come in the form of paid support. It can be, like you said, family and classmates and, and friends. But you can't get, you can't grow if nobody is watching from the sidelines saying, you know, your arm is a little crooked. Right, right. And also to give you the, I forget where I heard the term, probably like a, like a sort of a manifestation coach or something like that, of like the idea of an expander yeah. where someone, you look at their life and you see if you, you know, if you get away from like envy and jealousy of their life, you look at them as like, oh, they can, they're doing that letting them expand the possibilities of what's out there. And what's um, possible. Yeah. So I think, I think coaches or just people with like outside perspective, maybe outside your family and immediate circle of friends, people with outside perspective who can encourage you that, you know, maybe you're selling yourself short here yeah. or, you know, maybe you're the first person of anyone you know to go to acupuncture school, but look at all the other people <laughs> who have gone to acupuncture school yeah. and made a living at it or done this or done that. So, um, yeah, it's important to look for people who will help you expand your vision. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Another thing that I loved was that you gave over the course of your burnout story, you gave people different techniques that you used to sort of keep yourself afloat while you were going through all of these different changes, while you were going through burnout. Most of the burnout treatments, whether it's acupuncture or herbs, are very much based in stress management, right? So, so it's very similar to the things that you're doing so that people have access. I will um, put a list of some of the herbs that Annie mentioned today on her show notes. I will also, do, were you using Bach flower essences when you were practicing, when you're using the flower essences? I don't think it was Bach. I was the, the one specifically for indecision, I think is wild oat, okay. which I'm not sure offhand is part of the original Bach. Okay. Um, it might have been like the flower essence society. Right. Um, but people can Google flower essence and whatever emotion they're um, thinking about and different because like every continent has their own flowers. And so right. you can sort of play around with what flowers resonate to you. Right. And definitely like, you know, I can tell you like this worked for me, but a different flower will, if you're called resonate to with flower, you. Yeah. For you. Yeah. yeah. But I will put links to flower essences as well because they're something that I've used myself over the years and something that I really appreciate. And I will find a basic um, emotional freedom technique or tapping technique uh, YouTube video that I will include in the show notes as well because th what you said about this was that it helps people avoid um, false positivity. And I appreciated it when you said that because I'm very anti-spiritual bypassing, just saying, you know, life is beautiful. And if you just stay positive, everything will be great. It makes me want to stick my mm -hmm. finger down my throat and puke because I've just <laughs> seen so many people cost themselves so much energy by believing that if they just change their minds, their life will be okay. When the situation was they were in a job like yours and they needed to get out of it. You know, mm -hmm. no matter how good your mindset is, there are just some situations that are shitty. Right. And also in terms of like, you know, I definitely like to 
see the positive side of things. But, you know, when I say like, you know, when I made the decision to go back to school and, and it became easier, like things, things happened to support me. That's not to say that it also wasn't like the most grueling experience of my life. So, you know, it's not all like, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. I don't know. Yeah. Unicorns and rainbows. Like it's, you know, growth is deeply uncomfortable and you just have you just have to get comfortable with the discomfort and see the positive side of it, but it's not going to be like an easy experience necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. But having techniques to help you through it and make it a little bit easier is why we exist. It's why all of these different techniques exist. So I will be putting all of those things out there so that people have a chance to look at them and see which things resonate with them and see which things work for them. Annie, that was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time and your story and your vulnerability. I really appreciate it so much. Thank you so much, Caitlin. This is a really important topic. I hope people are served by this. Me too. All right, everybody, that wraps up another week of Fried the Burnout podcast. If you resonated with this particular episode, please do share it with as many ears as possible because the more people we reach with this information, the faster we will hashtag end burnout culture. We're doing this together. Until next time. Ha 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 ha